Hey, my name is Matt Keller. I'm the lead pastor here at Next Level Church, and um, we just are so glad that you are here today, as Sarah and Will said. Uh, welcome. If this is your first, second, or third time, man, we hope something uh, is said, done, or communicated in some way that adds value to your life, and we are just so thankful that you've come. This is Pastor Scott. He's our executive pastor here at the church, and uh, for those of you who were here last Sunday, you know that we uh, are kind of in between series right now. We're getting ready to launch a new series next Sunday, which Pastor Scott will tell us about here at the end of, of our time together this morning, but last Sunday and this Sunday, we're talking about a couple of, of concepts, a couple of principles that, that don't really fit in series form, and yet have everything to do with our spiritual life and about with our spiritual growth and in, in our lives in general as well. And so if you weren't here last Sunday, let me highly encourage you uh, to, to listen to the message. All of our messages are available on iTunes. If you go to the uh, iTunes store and under podcast, that zone, uh, you can search Next Level Church and you'll find us there. You can actually subscribe to the Next Level Church podcast, which will automatically put every Sunday's message right onto your iPod if you want to do that. The MP3 is also available for free on our website at nextlevelchurch.com, or you can stop by the resource table today on your way out and pick up a CD for a couple of dollars there. Uh, you can order one of those CDs. I strongly encourage you to grab a hold of next or last Sunday's message, and the reason why is because we really, last week, Scott and I really set the pace, set the foundation for where we're headed as a church and what that's got to do with us corporately as a body, but also what that has to do for us individually as well and how God wants to use our lives. So we're going to continue teaching teaching uh, today. Scott and I, just to mix it up a little bit, um, they, 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 I have no idea why he's up here, but apparently um, I'm, uh, we're team teaching again today. Sorry, that was a jab. But anyway, uh, so we're going to get into this principle that we're talking about. Go ahead. So today we're talking about spiritual growth. And to open, I want to start with a question this morning. And that is, have you ever had something happen in your life where your expectations weren't met with reality? I remember it was a number of years ago, and my wife and I, we were about to move in to a new house, and we had, had found a builder, and we'd signed all the paperwork, and we were so excited. We would drive by every day to look at our blank lot and say, that's home sweet home, almost. And we were so excited when the backhoe showed up for the first day, and it dug out the foundation, and it rained the next day, and so we had like a swimming pool, which was like an extra bonus. And so we, we just... Uh, we were so excited. They got the, the foundation in. They laid the footers. And it was just like within a couple of days, it went from this hole in the ground to now there's walls that have gone up. There's a roof that's on. They've even put siding on the house by now. And it's like, man, this thing is flying by. And so all of a sudden, that timetable of three to six months before we get to move in is looking like, man, we're just like a couple weeks out if they continue on at this pace. And then it's like something happened. They they like hit a wall. I mean, not just like a literal wall, like figurative wall. Where are the workers? And I'm looking at the house next door to mine that's being built. And I'm like, all the workers are next door. And I'm like, what are you doing next door? You're supposed to be working at my house. I mean, you get paid the same amount of money if you work there, you work here. So just come on over. I mean, I want to get in my house and I want to enjoy it. My expectation level for when my house is going to be done and what's actually happening is not on the same page. And I'm starting to realize that the detail work on side of this takes so much more time to finish than than just the these foundational walls and so I'm, I'm at a place in my own life maybe you same thing of it's creating a frustration well and see sometimes this can happen in other areas of our life as well think about it in terms of relationship maybe some of us have felt that similar uh, frustration in some relationship zone of our life we start out in this kind of 
puppy love phase and it's like you know we're talking on the phone three hours a night and we just love and you know everybody's just happy and it's just like this is the greatest i found the perfect person i didn't think it was so i'm going out to hit the the golf course and maybe you're like me when i was starting out i was in the hundreds ish Absolutely. um you know it's you're out there and, and you're doing your best, but then there was a few people that had pity on me and they had pity on the golf course that I was destroying. And they wanted to show me a few things. This, why don't you try your grip like this and, and try to swing like this? And all of a sudden, I, I'm finding myself taking two and three strokes off my game every time I'm going out to play. And then I'm doing great. I'm, I'm starting to strategize too. I mean, I'm improving at such a great rate. I'm thinking, end of the year, I'm turning pro. And it's just like I'm making plans and, and I'm, I'm writing checks that from the winnings that I haven't gotten yet for the house, for the house <laughs> that I got to pay off. And so, but I'm doing great. And then I kind of hit this struggle that I'm not taking strokes off like I once was. And, and frankly, I'm, now I'm getting frustrated because I was improving at such a rapid rate and now things have settled in and I'm just, I, I'm not in, really improving that much anymore. And I'm starting to think to myself, I, I don't like this. I like to have a, a sport that I'm improving in, but now I've, I've leveled off and it's no fun. And, and quite honestly, I'm thinking, what about bowling? Well, yeah, I mean, see, it all comes down to expectations, doesn't it? We've all had that. Maybe it's in a job. And some of us, you know, we started a new job and we're like, wow, this is the best job ever. And I mean, we're just like destroying it. I mean, we're tearing up the phone book. I mean, we're just, we're making sales. We're making it happen. We're thinking, you know, 90 days in, we're going, they're, they're probably going to make me CEO. I mean, I'm, I'm rocking this job. But then again, it's like we hit this invisible moment or something happens and we start, we, we, things start to level off and we start to look at the job a little different. Things have settled in and I'm just, I, I'm not in really improving that much anymore and I'm starting to think to myself I, I don't like this I like to have a, a sport that I'm improving in but now I've, I've leveled off and it's no fun and and quite honestly I'm thinking what about bowling well, yeah, I mean, see, it all comes down to expectations, doesn't it? We've all had that. Maybe it's in a job. And some of us, you know, we started a new job and we're like, wow, this is the best job ever. And I mean, we're just like destroying it. I mean, we're tearing up the phone book. I mean, we're just, we're making sales. We're making it happen. We're thinking, you know, 90 days in, we're going, they're, they're probably going to make me CEO. I mean, I'm, I'm rocking this job. But then again, it's like we hit this invisible moment or something happens and we start, we, we, things start to level off and we start to look at the job a little differently and we, we find this frustration that we're talking about where you're going, it, it was one way, but now it feels like something has changed, that something's different. What's, maybe we start to go, you know, maybe I need a different job. Maybe you've experienced it with a new car. I mean, we all like buying new cars. It's fun, and it's, it's even more fun when you get your new car home, and you turn on the TV, and you see your new car on TV. You're like, yeah, that's me. That's my ride. I mean, you're, you're cool, and you want to show your friends, and you have them sit in the car because you want them to experience what you paid a lot of money for, which is the new car smell. Bro, did that happen with your van? When you bought my, your minivan? My Kia minivan? Mini, minivan. They like have a special spray they put in there to simulate new car smell because we couldn't afford one. <laughs> so, Bro, all your friends are envious of your minivan? Dude, just like your friends were envious of your T-tops that leaked. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, I mean, you know what it's like to have a new car. You want all your friends to experience a new car. You really enjoy it. But then time goes on and the car gets dirty and it's just it lost its new car smell. Your friends don't look forward to seeing your car anymore, at least as much as you thought they did. And you're, you're just kind of like in this place. It was just a car now. And before it was like, oh, it's just a car. And you're just, you're tired of it. And you're like, maybe, maybe it's just time to trade this thing in. See, there's an expectation thing going on. In all of these different areas of our life, be it a new car, a new home, be it a relationship or a job or a hobby, it's even true in church. 
we come in and we've got this, this expectation and, and we're like, this is the perfect church. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And we just, you know, we love the preaching and we love the music. We love the, everything about it. But then like all of a sudden after a period of time goes by, it's possible for us to go, oh, this isn't what I thought or I'm, I'm not being fed anymore. The messages aren't deep and whatever. And, and well, that, that thought even crosses our mind where we go, well, maybe I just, you know, maybe I need a new church. And don't we do that in our spiritual life also? <laughs> we start out with this relationship with Christ, which was, is the best thing that happened to us. It's like a fire was started in our heart, and we couldn't read enough, and we couldn't go to enough services, and then something changed over the course of time. And it's not that we, we don't love God anymore, but it's not as emotional as it once was anymore, and the hunger isn't there anymore, and if we're not careful, the temptation is going to be well, then maybe this whole Jesus thing, I just need to change. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. That's what we want to spend the next few minutes together talking about, is looking at all of these areas of our life where apparently there's some sort of mishap happening in the expectation zone of our life. And so to build a foundation, let's start with this first premise. And it's this, there is a predictable growth curve to life. There is a predictable growth curve to life. Now, here's the thing. As human beings, here's what we like to think the predictable growth curve of life in any area of our life is a straight line. We love to think in terms of a straight line that we start a new hobby, we start a new relationship, we start a new job, we start our faith in Jesus, whatever the case may be, and we want it to be this, this straight line of growth where we just keep doing more of the same forever, and it just exponentially grows just off the charts. That's what we want our growth curve of life to be. Simple, predictable, even easy, so to speak. I think about it like this as a parent, and for you parents in the room, you can appreciate this. Uh, there's, a, there's a stage in our children's life that they just grow like crazy. I mean, you're doing your best just to keep, keep pants on them that don't look more like shorts than long pants or, or shoes. I mean, you never buy a pair of shoes that just fits, do you? You always buy like a pair of shoes that look more like Ronald McDonald's shoes for your kids for a couple months, knowing that they're going to grow into them because you know that they're in this phase right now. Because if they didn't change and they were on this straight line growth, then it would be like, I've calculated this, that my son, if he continues on this growth path, this, this straight line growth, by the time he's 24, he's going to be like 17 feet tall with a size 28 shoe. And it's like, obviously that's not going to happen because there's a different growth that's going on here. And in fact, this whole concept of there's stages of life and stages of growth, the Bible talks about this. And this is where I want to invite you this morning, even to get your Bible out if you've brought it. If not, we're going to put the, the verses up on the screen. But if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. It's on the right-hand side of your Bible. And this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. And he's writing to the church at Corinth. And this whole church is basically just like a baby church. It's a brand new church. And there's not many people that are experienced in the faith. And so this is where he starts to give them some instruction. If you want to look at chapter 3, verse 1 with me, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. And look at this phrase, mere infants in Christ. I mean, all of a sudden, he comes right in and says, I don't, I don't care how old you are, but when it comes to this whole Jesus and relationship thing, it's like your babies. And he wasn't trying to insult them, but he was recognizing that they are in a stage of, of growth and a stage of life. Look at verse 2. He says, 
I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. In other words, he's saying just like a baby of of a mom that nurses. I mean, that's the best thing for her baby because it's the only thing that the baby can really digest. Or they get older and there's there's baby food and that pureed nastiness. Uh, Why would you feed that to children? Seriously. (laughs) And, but it's like, but it's what is best for them at the time. And, and you wouldn't give a steak to an infant. Here, gnaw on this rib bone for you, you know. Good luck with that. And you wouldn't do that because they're not ready for it. And the Apostle Paul is simply saying, at this certain stage in your life, you need to be fed a certain amount. And when you're older, then we're able to, to grow and we're change and I'm able to teach you more because you're in a different phase of life. See, we, we, think, we love to think in terms of, of a growth curve in our life, in any area of our life, as a straight line. But the reality is, a, the growth curve of life actually looks like two phases. And I want us to look at those this morning because, again, if, I think if we can get this concept, if we can understand this principle together, this will absolutely revolutionize our lives. Because the first phase of this, this growth curve of life is the rapid growth phase. And it really is that acceleration phase. That, that, that we, you know, in any area of our life, there's this rapid growth thing that just happens. And we just find ourselves accelerating all the way through this. But then there's this moment in time where, where it begins to level off into that second phase that we actually transition. That rather than being a straight line, we're transitioning from the rapid growth phase into the maturity phase of that area of our life. This is where things begin to level off into a more manageable, long-term pace. I want us to go back to the Apostle Paul story. And some of you are familiar with this story because he had this experience on the road to Damascus. It was one of these life-changing moments because he was going from someone that was persecuting this baby church. He was, he was one that was responsible for people's deaths. And all of a sudden, he meets Jesus on this road, and his life changes completely. And what he enters into next is this this informational growth, this rapid growth part of life. And he starts learning at a tremendous rate. It's as if the other apostles, they came around him, and it's almost as if they adopted him, and they started to teach him all the things that Jesus had taught them. And he's growing so quickly, and he's starting to be a part of these environments that he's able to minister and be a part of things at such a rapid rate. But then something happens as he starts to go off on these missionary journeys. It's like he he crossed over this line from this rapid growth to this maturity phase. Because what happens next is, before too long, he finds himself in a prison. And you know what happens in a prison? Nothing. You don't go after your dreams when you're in prison. You you don't get the, the rapid growth when you're in prison. Those, those things that he wanted to do aren't being done anymore. And so, oh, check this out. So, but in prison, the Apostle Paul had a choice. He's either going to embrace this time in his life that can be a maturing phase and to allow all that has been taught to him previously to become solidified or he's just going to throw it away altogether. And thankfully, the Apostle Paul took that time In fact, it would have been most of his life, those latter days of his life that he spent in prison, that maturing phase. Because it was in those times and allowing those things to be solidified in his life that most of the New Testament was written. And it was written from that jail cell. 
So zoom back in on our lives. Think about the various areas of our life to the relationship that starts out in that rapid growth phase and it's amazing and there's puppy love and I mean this thing is just over the top but there's this moment in time, isn't there, where it turns from that rapid growth phase into this maturity phase where, where again, it's not bad, it's, it's just a different phase where a whole new depth of relationship can begin to emerge in our relationships. It's just like in our hobbies, back to the golf game analogy, you start to improve so much but then it's like after a while it takes a long time to just get one stroke off your game but it's also at that maturing phase of your game you're more consistent than you've ever been before there's an enjoyment that can come to the game unlike ever before in fact you're playing better than you ever have before and Scott mentioned our children the same thing is true you know those first few years man you can't you feel like you can't keep them in shoes and clothes and they're just growing like crazy but get them into their late teen years into their 20s and suddenly there's this plateauing that happens in that natural growth curve where they begin to grow at a more manageable long-term sustainable pace and it's kind of like the same with our church I mean you've come to next level church and, and you see this ADD loud striped shirt guy um, doing his thing on Sunday morning, and it's really fun the first time. Wow. Wow. That hurts. That hurts. But at least you're up here to be the opposite of cool. <laughs> There's balance in everything, and I acknowledge that. But it's like, in church, though, we... There's... Bro, that was a good jab. Right there. Me to right you. There, right there. Me to you. Gotcha. No, me to you. Really? Yeah. I wasn't feeling it. But, you know, you come to the Next Level Church, and whether you've been here a couple times, you've been here for uh, a longer season, you start to, to see the new stuff, and you take it all in, but then at some point the newness is gone. You, you know what's coming in, in some regards, and, and you, just, you can either settle into this is, I guess it's always going to be, or maybe it's not going to meet my needs anymore, or we start to cross over. We start to cross over into a maturity phase that says, maybe this whole environment isn't about me anymore. Maybe it's about the person I'm sitting next to. Maybe it's about the person I live next to. And you start to see in this maturing phase that church isn't just about you being fed like milk is fed to a baby. But you being part of preparing a meal for somebody else. And see, this, that the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. That God wants to move us from a place eventually in our life where our expectations begin to shift, where, where we move from that rapid growth phase where it's like I'm learning three new revelations about God every day. And we're, I mean, we're just going crazy, just absorbing God, this information download phase, which is an awesome phase to be in. But there's this moment in time where it turns from rapid growth into a long-term sustainable maturity. I was just talking to a couple this week in our church, and they've been walking with the Lord for over 20 years together as a married couple. And they made the comment, they said, we've been looking over the last year of our life, and we're recognizing that in the last year, God has taught us three things. And they started to share those three things. Now, some of us who are in that rapid growth phase of our faith were like, three things in a year? What are you, backslidden? I mean, right? I mean, like, we're, we start, we look at that and we go, what's going on? Because there's a new depth. And see, that's what I want us to understand. If we can grab a hold of this idea that there comes this moment in time, even in our relationship with God, where we, where we move from a rapid growth phase into a long-term, sustainable maturing of our faith, it changes everything about our life now when it comes to this it really comes down to fulfillment and that fulfillment in life is all about expectations 
Because I, I believe this, that we can be exactly where God wants us to be. But if we think that we should be somewhere else, then we're going to miss the fulfillment that comes from God in the right here, right now moments of our life. Now, as many of you know, um, I moved from Columbus, Ohio. I was a pastor for 11 years. And i got to be honest with you, many of those 11 years were frustrating for me. Because I felt like I was doing all the right things, but the church wasn't where I felt or expected it to be in the certain time frames that had elapsed. And I, for so, so many of those 11 years, I was just in a constant state of frustration. There are many times I'd, I'd call Pastor Matt and, and we just talk on the phone. I'm like, I just, I don't know what else to do. I just don't know what else to do. I've got these expectations. They're not being fulfilled. I, I can't, I don't know what else to try. I'm doing everything I can do. And it's only now that I'm able to look back on those 11 years and recognize that what was going on in those 11 years, it wasn't about rapid growth, even for me personally, it was about maturing. Because I see what God was doing in my life over the course of those 11 years was solidifying a foundation in my life. Creating something that could be strong and stable and mature. It was those 11 years that I am absolutely convinced and those lessons that emerged in those 11 years that will help establish me ultimately for the rest of my life in ministry in doing what God wants me to do. And it's in that place that I'm starting to see that's where fulfillment really happens. See, here's what I think. I think that some of us are, are living at a place in some areas of our life where our expectation has been the straight line. So maybe it's a marriage thing. Maybe it's a relational thing. And we've been expecting it to be this, this ongoing straight line. And because it has begun to turn into a maturing long-term phase, without us even realizing it, our unmet expectations in our relationship are causing us to be living without fulfillment in that relationship it's true of a hobby it's it's true of a car or a home it's true of our church and it can be true of our spiritual growth our spiritual lives as well scott read the verses in first corinthians 3 where where it, paul writes and he says listen there's a milk phase and there's a meat phase it's ludicrous to think that if, if I invited you over to my house and we had steak together, that we serve steak and then I reach over and I start cutting up your steak for you. You go, what are you doing? I don't need you to do that anymore. And see, that's exactly what some of us have as an expectation in our relationship with God is we're going, well, you know, my church ought to feed me or my thing. But at some point we cross into a maturity phase and we, we move from a straight line expectation to this line of fulfillment in a maturity, long-term pacing it out phase. And we begin to recognize God wants me to eat meat that I prepare myself that's what God's up to and we'll never find true fulfillment in our life until we adjust our expectations from that straight line expectation thinking to that maturity phase thinking and, and here's the thing see when we don't meet the straight line expectation in our life we do two things the first thing we do is we have a tendency to blame someone else think about it some of us have spent years in a relationship where we're blaming our spouse. 
because of our unmet expectations and we're not living in fulfillment in that relationship because we're blaming our spouse or we're blaming a coach or we're blaming a boss or we're blaming a pastor or worst of all, we're blaming God. And see, when we don't recognize that this is about us maturing in our heart, the work God's doing in us, then we will always make it about blaming somebody else. The second thing we do in these situations is, frankly, we're tempted to run. We're tempted to just run away. And for some of us, we've made an art form of this. This is what we've always done. Whenever things get tough, we just we run away. We've got relationships that there's now the tension between expectations and reality. We don't know what to do with it, so we just run away. We do the same thing with, with our hobbies. We just find a new hobby. We find a new job. We just buy a new car. We move to a new home. We leave to go to a new church. We might even find a new way of just dealing with spirituality. Because somehow we've learned at some point in our life that we're convinced that running away is easier than maturing. And you need to hear from us that when you start maturing, that's where life begins. See, when you flip the coin over, watch this, and we begin to embrace where we are on the growth curve of life, when we begin to embrace that we're in that maturity phase and that it doesn't all have to look like giddy, rapid faith, all of that, when we embrace where we are, it, it opens up for us a whole new level of fulfillment. It's like in our marriages. You've got the couple that's been married 20 years, and, and yeah, they, they can't go back and replay those newlywed days, and, and things were so lively, and it was all new and all exciting, but we've got this couple that have been married for 20 years, and they're able to settle in to have a, a life of marriage unlike ever before. And if you ask them, they're going to say, we're starting to experience a, a depth of marriage that we didn't even knew was possible as newlyweds. We weren't even secure enough to have as newlyweds. We were so insecure and so focused on ourselves that we couldn't even step into it. But because of the maturity of where we are, we're able to have a marriage now that we didn't even know was possible. It's the 80-year-old guy who's still playing golf three times a week, even though he knows he'll never make it to the PGA. What does that guy know? What, what, kind of, what is that guy apparently living in the hobby area or zone of his life? He understands that there's a fulfillment that comes from embracing a depth of a maturity of, of something as simple as a hobby. It's the person in a career that their life... They're not making as much as they thought they would or they wouldn't have the title they thought they would. And instead of throwing it all away, they start to recognize that their job and their career is more about what they can do and how they perform. It starts to become about their people around them, how they can grow other people, and how they can actually make a difference. And it's true in our spiritual lives as well. We are firmly convinced that there is a place in God. There is a whole new dimension of God that He wants to bring to our lives. When we fully embrace that maturity phase of our relationship with Him and we stop trying to, to pretend or we, we stop trying to think or feel condemned because it doesn't feel like the rapid growth phase I used to know in my relationship with God, that when we move into that maturity side, there's a whole new dimension of God that we never even knew was possible. Now look at this. The fulfillment... It's, it comes, it, here's the phrase, there's fulfillment when we get our expectations right. Because if we had inaccurate expectations, then when, when life is actually happening on the natural 
a growth curve, and it should, and we've got that tension. It says we start to experience fulfillment when we start to realign our expectations with what is the natural curve in our life. And this is where I want us to take us to the book of Philippians, which is another letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, and this is one of those that he wrote when he was in prison. And it, the verse that we're going to look at this morning, it's one of these verses that are a memoir kind of verse. It's as if he is in just a couple sentences describing his life and where he is in his own maturity. Look at verse 12 with me, and it's on the screen also. It says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. In other words, I've had lots of stuff, and I've had nothing. He says, I've learned, look at this, the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Because, because check this out. The Apostle Paul, he's in prison. And he's writing a statement saying, I've learned to be content. I've learned that secret of being content in every situation. But let me fill you in on something. You don't learn how to be content when you're hungry unless you're in a season that you're just hungry. You don't learn that lesson conceptually. You learn it by walking through it. You don't learn to be content with a house or without a house conceptually. You learn it when it's hard. You learn it in those, those seasons of life that, that you wish you could change. You wish you could switch all around. But it's in those stages of life that you are molded and grown into the person that God wants you to become. And so for the Apostle Paul, in prison, he was allowing God to solidify in him the amazing security of his own personal faith. And you might feel as if you're in a place in your life that it's not comfortable and your expectations are different than your reality. And you're starting to question what's wrong and I'm saying there's nothing wrong. There's a lesson that God is teaching and solidifying in you because he's going to need you to learn this lesson not just for you. But there's going to be somebody else that needs to hear that they can make it just like you did and that they can get through this season just like you have. And it's only through the long, hard yards of maturity that these lessons are ever learned. So what do we do with this? What do we, what do, we do with all this information? How do we process this? How do we apply it into our life? Very simply, three things. Three questions that I think we've got to ask ourselves this morning. The first question is this. Where have we had unrealistic expectations in our life? Where are those zones of our life where we quite honestly have had unrealistic expectations and maybe innocently so, but we had an expectation that it would be rapid growth forever, it would be puppy love forever, it would be just this, this exponential crazy thing forever and we've had those unrealistic expectations in our life and, and now we're beginning to realize that has created a lack of fulfillment and frustration in our hearts. The second question we want you to ask is, where have we been blaming someone else for our lack of fulfillment? Where have, he, where have we looked to cast the blame instead of taking our own personal responsibility? Because it's easy for us to do it. Maybe we've always done it our whole life. And we just we don't know how to deal with the stillness of taking responsibility for our life. And we want you to take this moment and just to look. 
where, where have I been casting blame? And part of the blame game is about running. And I believe that there are some of us this morning who are in a place where we're being tempted to run. We're looking at it and we're looking at the expectations and the unmet expectations. And right now we're, we're devising our plan, even as we speak, to run. To go, you know what? This isn't the marriage I thought it was going to be. This isn't the job I thought it was going to be. This isn't the career I thought. This isn't the house or the car. This isn't the church. This isn't the relationship with God I thought it was going to be. And we're being tempted to run. And this morning, we're going to spend just a few minutes here reflecting on these questions, looking inside of our heart and giving God an opportunity. The third question is this, where do we need to intentionally engage again? Where do we need to intentionally engage again? See, I think that probably as Scott and I have been talking this morning, that every single one of us, on some level, in some area of our life, we have been challenged. What are our expectations? And where do we feel like someone else has let us down? Where do we feel like someone else is to blame? Where do we feel like God has let us down? See, God wants us to come to him this morning and just open up our hearts and say, God, search me. Search my heart today and help me to see these areas where I have had unmet expectations. Search my heart where I've been blaming everybody else, including you where I've been tempted to run. God, search my heart where I have checked out. In the next couple of minutes, I want to give us an opportunity to check back in. Because some of us have checked out mentally or spiritually. We've, we've checked out. And it's time for us to check back in. God is waiting. Your relationships are waiting. Fulfillment in our lives is waiting but it requires us to adjust our expectations stop blaming stop running and engage we bow our heads together all across this room precious heavenly father we sit here before you lord with open arms and open minds And God, we thank you that your spirit is so faithful to come and to move and to touch us and to make illumination of the realities of our life. And God, for so many of us today, Lord, we find ourselves at a place where we have been thinking that this whole thing had to be about a straight line growth. But Lord, we're recognizing today that that's unrealistic and that's not real, nor is it possible, nor would we want it to be. So this morning, Lord, I pray that you would help us in the stillness of this moment to begin to adjust our expectations, to recognize where we are on the growth curve of life, to recognize that we've crossed over into a maturity phase, and that, Lord, you desire to take us to the deep places of you. Father, so many of us who've played the blame game And God, we come to you with open hearts and we courageously say, Lord, that's us. Would you forgive us? And Jesus, I pray that you would help us to go from this place today, not blaming 
you or blaming a spouse or blaming a boss or blaming a circumstance. But God, we would go from this place no longer blaming but owning where we are in our life. I want to pray specifically because I feel on my heart that there's some that have come in here today that you've come in today with an escape plan. You've, you've planned your run, whether it's that relationship or that job, that tough situation. I want to pray that God gives you the strength actually to stay still, to allow God to mature you and to grow you. And it might be the very first time in your life that you've not run from a situation that's gotten tough. But I want you to know that there is a God that sees you and believes in you, that has hope for you, and will enable you to grow, to heal, to be better than you've ever been before. And so, God, I, I pray for those people that are in this place today, and I'm asking, God, that you would meet them in this very moment connect with their hearts and show them they're not alone and that there is another option even though they've never tried that option before. Help them, God, to stand strong instead of to run. To allow that maturity to begin to develop in their life. God, I pray that you help them, speak to them, encourage them, and then use them, Lord. We know that you're here. We know that you're working within our hearts we allow ourselves to be grown by you. Father, right now, we engage. We intentionally engage again. Father, for some of us who have checked out, Lord, right now, in the stillness of this moment, we check back in. Lord, we're yours. And as the Apostle Peter said in the Bible, where else do we have to go? So God, we check in. Lord, we're back in. We're back in. Lord, we don't want to be the prodigal son, the story of, of leaving and running and going, man, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So, Father, right now, we just come back, Lord, and I just believe right now there are many of us who are listening and praying with us who are coming back across that line. Lord, thank you that like the father in the story, Lord, of the prodigal, God, that you... You embrace us. You welcome us back. You forgive. You love. Jesus, would you help us to go from this place today with a new understanding, with a, with a fog lifted away that we might become everything you want for us to become, that we might begin to experience fulfillment in every area of our life that we never even knew was possible. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Amen.